we're putting ourselves through ghoul school. The books, the movies, the cartoons. Let's get into what scares us and why. Is it the dark and stormy night? Was there someone in the bushes? Is it the jump scares and blood splatter? Whether it's a flesh-eating monster, an experiment gone wrong, the haunted, the possessed, we're coming for you. So as my uh, lovely co-host Jacqueline just explained, uh, here at Oops All Scaries, we're watching uh, horror movies, reading horror novels, just all things horror. Uh, some things are scarier than others, but we want to discuss why do we love horror so much? But we're going to dive into a lot of different pieces. And today, Jacqueline, do you want to discuss what we uh, watched? I can't believe that we're starting with Halloween. I can. But <laughs> it only- makes the most sense, but it, I feel like it's such a on top of the pedestal thing. It's a cornerstone of the genre. I mean, it, it wasn't the first slasher, but it is one that pretty much everyone knows. You can mm-hmm. see the Michael Myers mask and you instantly know, or you know, the shape. You see that. And so uh, we also thought it'd be fitting since we are launching as fall approaches. So Halloween just seemed like the perfect place to start. I'm ready for Halloween. My Halloween shopping has started. Pumpkin spice is back at Dunkin'. I got the ghost tablecloth on right now. It's we're ready. My God. Um, (laughs) No, I do love Halloween though. And just that season, the fall, the leaves, I'm all about it, which they didn't, they had to fake that for the movie, but I love that. that. (laughs) But just looking at that movie, watching it, I was just so ready to put a cardigan on and just have it be cold. Because let me just say, we're dealing with way too many 90 degree days. Yeah. And I'm very over it. Mm -hmm. When you were watching it, though, did it ever really seem like it wasn't? I know technically all the trees still had uh, their nice green leaves. But the first time I watched it, at least, and I know when I was younger, if I hadn't known little tricks they'd done it seemed like fall to me or at least it evoked that that same feeling it definitely had like the right color palette in the beginning i know that there's like one little part where it seems a lot greener than the others but i i fell for it did you ever see any palm trees in the background i didn't and i i'd heard that you they can kept catch... alluding to it that yes. you could see it i didn't find any now i don't know if that's just because and I know at the beginning I paid attention. I was trying to look for it. But as I watched the movie, I mean, I love Halloween. Um, I've seen this movie many times. It scared me as a child. It scarred me as a child, <laughs> or at least this franchise, the shape um, permanently burned into my mind. So I, I don't know. I, once I just start watching it, I think I just get pulled into the actual the story and like the anxiety and inducing effects of the whole thing as it slowly builds. I can see that because I never, I guess I never really paid much attention to it. And I think that you really get sucked in, especially with the music. It gets you. I would argue that the music is one of the driving forces behind the the whole movie in terms of that effect of being scared. I mean, John Carpenter composed the music. He directed it. Very simple melodies, but they're haunting. And just uh, the theme and that, that relates to my story, because when I was younger, I technically had seen these far younger than probably should have. Um, <laughs> Same. 
Oh, I was, yes, I was a wee, a wee lad. But I, at one point, I was watching Halloween 4, and it was the part where he goes after, in that version of the story, which is mm-hmm. not the current timeline, uh, he's going after Laurie Strode's daughter, and he's, there's a flash of lightning, and he's in her room. And then later, she's praying by the bed, and he reaches out and grabs her. So, to me, that was, was scarred into my mind. And the music, the theme literally just triggered that fear. I had nightmares about it. Once I became afraid of it, I didn't let my sister like watch it ever because once I heard (laughs) the theme music, I would go run and complain to my mom that I was getting scared because I actually was the theme music would instill dread in me. Uh, And I just think that's a testament to how effective it was. Now I love it. But at that point, I was just like, oh, God, that means he's coming. He's going to mm-hmm. freaking pop out of nowhere. One of my favorite things in the world is like on Halloween, like trick or treating and a house would have the theme music playing. Oh, you know, it's going to be a good time. Awesome. You know, you're getting good candy from that house. Yeah. But yeah. So as a child, uh, loved it, then hated it because I was afraid of it. And now <laughs> I love it. Do you know if you're how familiar are you with Halloween or how many times have you seen it? The original? Yes, the the 1978 John Carpenter version. The original is definitely in double digits. Okay, same. I was in the single digits for sure when I saw this movie. I had to be five to eight years old, somewhere in there, probably. I was, I believe, somewhere between four to five when I had yeah. seen at l- more than one of the Halloween movies. Because I, I was young when I saw the first <laughs> one, but I distinctly remember being on sleepovers at my cousin's house to watch four. Like AMC would have the marathons and I feel yep. like it would only be like four and five. <laughs> that was They and probably were the cheapest ones to get because I mean, definitely. one and two are, are a pair and mm-hmm. then three is the anthology that... Yeah when they tried to get rid of Michael Myers and then Mm -hmm. they brought him back and that's when four and five starts that up. So yeah, I think that's also why four scared because it was probably just playing on TV. Yeah. And the fact that he was going after a kid, I think is what really scared me because it was like, Oh man, he will hunt down children. I'm a, I'm a child. (laughs) Oh no. I remember they would do this like like preview saying like this is what's coming up uh you know in the time like before TV guides really and they would show like the clip it's like her in like an an air duct or something she's like climbing through in the house i think it's a uh... yeah mm-hmm. and i just remember that part so vividly and the part you were speaking on about like her praying and him in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. And then she runs yeah. down to her mom and he's not there. And I'm like, oh man. But okay, so Halloween 1978, directed by John Carpenter, all about uh, the night he came home. I don't know, where do we want to start talking about this bad boy at the beginning? I don't know. There, there's just so much to discuss. There is, but I think I want to focus on Deborah Hill. All I'm right. obsessed with her. She's fantastic. Her name appears on many John Carpenter mm-hmm. um, films. They, they worked together. A, yes, they had a they romantic had relationship. Uh, work relationship that also bled over into the personal. But one of my other yeah. uh, the horror movies I love about John Carpenter's Fog. And of course, mm-hmm. I rewatch it in a Deborah Hill production. It's just like, man, mm-hmm. 
they uh, had a pretty good working relationship. I know the last time you and I spoke off mic, we were talking about how the movie is film or well, it takes place in Haddonfield, Illinois, which yep. we are from Illinois. And we were like, well, is that a real place? Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's filmed here. Well, she's from Haddonfield, New Jersey. So that's where that name comes from. Yep. So one mystery solved. <laughs> she, yeah, she produced Halloween two and three. She co-wrote Halloween, the original. And then she worked on The Dead Zone, Clue, Adventures in Babysitting, The Lottery, and The Fog. Those were like some of the top ones for me on mm-hmm. her list, which were like, that's impressive. The best thing. I learned this from the commentary and the little bonus feature thing on the Blu-ray that I have, mm-hmm. where we learned that she plays the little dude. She's, she's young the hand. She's, she's his the hand. arm. She's the one with the knife. Yep. Because her hands were the only ones that were small enough. <laughs> yeah, I think they can. They could only get the child actor for one day, and it was like at the end of the thing. So they for the other scenes where they were filming that POV shot. Uh, it's well, all her. Yep. <laughs> Deborah Hill gets to stab Judith Myers. It was so funny too for her to say, I didn't even touch her. Yeah. <laughs> and it was cool just to hear her like talk about the film and like reading about her, how much she wanted to be like a personal look up to, like as a woman in the film industry and how she wanted more women to be able to go into the industry. Because mm-hmm. yeah, her doing this much like so early in time, it feels kind of amazing. Yeah. And and I remember even when I was younger and I didn't really know what producers did. I didn't know any yeah. of that. But I, I do remember the name Deborah Hill was familiar just because I watched John Carpenter movies and a lot of times her <laughs> name was just there too. And it's like, okay, I don't know who she is, but like she usually does She's stuff. But, uh, and I also watched in preparation besides watching the film multiple times also watched the commentary so and she was one of the people talking and, and it was fantastic to get a lot of those behind the scenes tidbits definitely her jamie lee curtis and john carpenter john carpenter whatever like not whatever <laughs> but i'm just wow. saying whatever he was more like factual and still kind of in awe of the whole process because it was a movie made with mm-hmm. so little that ended up doing so well but it was so funny to hear kind of the jamie lee curtis uh wisecracks <laughs> that i think yeah. that was my favorite part but i will say this movie was cost what three hundred thousand dollars three hundred twenty five thousand yes. dollars and then the box office ended up hitting like 47 million. million oh yeah oh it grossed Eventually. 47 million yeah it grossed and i mean like it still comes back into theaters like every year places are showing it we can go see it like right now at the drive-in. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I know that's not like the same, but it's still it's that iconic. Yeah. It's one of the ones that'll be there every, every year, every part of someone's Halloween movie marathon. Mm-hmm. It's gonna mm-hmm. be on the list. Rightfully so, I think. Definitely. Now I know you've seen Psycho. Yes. Have you seen Black Christmas? I have not. And I know that's apparently- the one that kept popping up when yes. in like inspired an inspiration Mm -hmm. he said a lot of hitchcock and then black christmas yeah Uh, and that was just a different holiday because that was uh christmas so then (laughs) the idea came hey what if it was halloween no one's done halloween yet yeah surprisingly (laughs) in the little documentary he talked about 
Psycho is the granddaddy of those kinds of movies. That's the first modern horror film. Took horror out of the gothic castles and European romanticism, vampires and werewolves, and brought it into our modern day problems. And more so like into our backyards. Haddonfield, yeah, Illinois, whatever. But it does look like where my dad lives, like the little town oh, yeah. next to his feels very familiar. If I hadn't known that it wasn't really filmed, you know, in California, it honestly looks like sometimes a, a late summer shot of, you know, some places in Northern yeah. Illinois they've seen look very similar to that. Definitely. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. takes place in the suburbs of Chicago is not filmed in in Chicago. There's lots of movies that take place in Chicago that are not filmed in Chicago. Yeah, but it's just the same, like the Mm -hmm. little area that he's driving through or like when they have the house shot, when he's stuck up in the attic, like it could be here. Oh, I see what you mean. But that's probably just someone really good with picking out the the shots Mm -hmm. and knowing. Yeah, and, and I believe that was what, they wanted it to have like that Midwestern look, yeah. Uh, which is why uh, in behind the scenes they literally painted some leaves and, uh, and would scatter them about the before the shot on the and then had to rake the them back up and to reuse save them. them because they could they only had the one big batch. The crazy thing I think is how quickly this was shot. It was shot in May, released in October. They had white like twenty. 21 days to shoot it but that's what they ended up using that's bonkers to me like i get it it takes place over such a short amount of time takes place in one night essentially yeah halloween with the exception of the flashbacks yeah everything was done so quickly they wrote the script in 10 days he did the score in three days that's amazing by the way because the score (laughs) Besides, I mean, I already gushed about the score earlier, but there's another thing he mentioned. He called the musical stings. John Carpenter mm-hmm. called the musical stings. Those stuck with me, too. There's like moments where it's just like like this synth mm-hmm. noise and it's just eerie. It's weird because I don't know. It, it's like a it is a sound did effect. But did you hear about how they screened it without that? And a, a film executive thought it wasn't did scary. Terribly. It's like I wasn't scared. And then she sat with the music and said, oh, I, I get it. It's it's yeah. yeah. The music adds a lot. It does. And I never really thought of it. Like, I know the theme, but I never really thought about those little ding, <laughs> essentially mm-hmm. noises. That happened throughout, like when she's sitting in the classroom and looks out the window, it has that high-pitched kind mm-hmm. of startling sound. I think okay, it's Annie, she's going across the street. They walk past the car and then Michael stands up and it's got this like sort of noise. And it's just like, man, that's creepy. Cause it, I mean, it's like, it's essentially like a jump scare, but it didn't really, I don't know. It didn't, it wasn't just to scare a character, it scared the audience, but and it was simple because Michael doesn't do anything. He just stands there mm-hmm. and stares. Mm-hmm. He's the ultimate bad creeper gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked the comparison to like a Jack in the Box. That's what Deborah said. How the noise is very much like that. And you don't know when something's going to pop out at you. Mm. And this movie is so much scary on the suspense aspect. Like we see 
minimal blood. We don't really see wounds. Like when the sister gets stabbed in the opening. The camera pans up to the knife. Yeah. All we see are boobs. Yeah. Boobs and blood. I think these are the first boobs I saw on the screen. I probably had to cover my eyes. I'm almost positive I was told to shield my eyes. Um, so I didn't always, I think I didn't get to really see the whole like full, uh, the, uh, no, not like that. Jesus, I was going to say like the, the opening POV shot because gotcha. it's in the glass behind the thing. Like, I think I was, they knew it was coming and it was like, cover your eyes. So I never knew what really happened there. How wild is it that there is that 20 minute long opening on a poorly done jack-o'-lantern? It's not 20 minutes, but the opening credits like that's yeah, I know where it's just got the slowly exist anymore. In. Oh, well, that's nowadays, what I was getting at. Oh, okay. we don't have the attention spans for that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of um, now I say older movies, but yeah, I guess it would be just older movies in general yeah. where they have the even credits old at the Disney start. Movies. It's, a, it's a static shot and it stars the cast mm-hmm. and shows it before. Now it's just, oh, show the quick things at the bottom while we're watching a scene. And I, mm-hmm. it is about attention spans and I think yeah. my uneducated opinion. But if we were to rank the jack-o'-lanterns in the film Halloween, opening jack-o'-lantern, bottom of the list. No, I mean, it's not elaborate, but it's still creepy. But the one that is next to PJ Soul's character, mm-hmm. uh, Linda, that one's much better. The one that they well, do that one was probably kids, carved by Michael eh. Myers. No, that they were that was that was on the bed while she and her boyfriend Bob were banging. Uh-huh. So they took it up. It was a cute one. They needed to bang by jack o' lantern light. What is more romantic? <laughs> and it wasn't. It's like their parents, uh, or not their parents. It's the the babysitter's family's house. I don't know. Whatever. They're in that house that's supposed to be mm-hmm. someone else's, and then banging in the parents bed no so did it, the parents put it there was it her no i thought that the house the other girls the other girl was babysitting yes and, and it's, her and girl they, was with so was yeah with the, where Tommy. everyone gets murdered that house is annie goes to that house and man i forgot the name of the, the whose house it is is it the doyle house no doyle i'm looking it up doyle house is actually she's babysitting uh so the house it's the Wallace house. So Annie babysits Lindsay. That's the girl, Lindsay Wallace. Mm-hmm. That's the house everyone gets murdered in oh. um, because she goes there and then she goes to drop off Lindsay with Lori and then she's mm-hmm. going to go get her boyfriend. And then mm-hmm. PJ, I call her PJ. That's the actress, Linda uh, and yeah. Bob show up. And it's also it's the Wallace house. They're all just going to say, hey. They're not home. Let's party in their house. Uh, so that's the Wallace family bedroom. I just feel like there's so much driving and people and children and houses that that was a little bit hard to follow. I never it. I never gave too much thought about it I until care. I was rewatching. <laughs> I was like, wait, whose house? Because then she, Lori goes over there later. And I'm like, wait, they don't even live there. She doesn't know this house. And I think mm-hmm. that's also, I think, what adds to the the anxiety for me. is just that when those houses are dark and you don't know the layout because it's technically mm-hmm. not your house. That'll make anything more scary. Just the unexpected. What do you think of the way Dr. Loomis talks about Michael? I love it. Uh, and that could just be how overzealous he is. 
I, mm-hmm. I, overzealous is almost the wrong term. I, I believe it is. He might just be zealous, but he's right. He's just saying so. it with his full chest, you know? He knows, you know, that Michael's is the devil. Michael's pure evil. He looked into his eyes, those black eyes. It was the devil's eyes. <laughs> evil has come to your town. Evil has come to your town, Sheriff, or whatever he says. It's just like, but I, I don't know. I, I love it. And I think that's partially just because I'd seen so many of the Halloween movies um, throughout, like, you know, growing up that I just know Dr. Loomis as oh, that's the the rape. It didn't even occur to me that he's supposed to be a doctor because I just always thought, oh, that's the raving guy with the revolver that's always <laughs> trying to get Michael. And like, you know, uh, I don't really think of him as having scholarly he's a really big fan. Yeah. I'm like, no, he knows Michael's bad and he's his personal mission to stop him. And I, I appreciate that, Dr. Loomis. And they kill him off. Did you watch the scenes that they padded on from TV? Because the movie wasn't long enough to be shown on TV. So they had a couple extra scenes. Which ones were they? Do you recall? They're not on the DVD. Well, then I'm probably. Oh, man. I know. I remember reading James, uh, John Carpenter was upset that he had to do reshoots for that reason. Yeah. Uh, not a fan, but <laughs> I don't was, know which, what they added in. So it's like a hearing at, I don't, I think it's like, well, it's a hearing, so it must be some courthouse, but it's these two nerds in like lab coats and Dr. Loomis is there. It's like, it honestly looks more like a lecture hall with like a big rotund kind of seating. Uh-huh. And Loomis is the only one else, only other person in the room. They're like, well, we're just going to move him to this other facility. And he's just like head in his hands. He's like, oh, my goodness. You don't understand. You just don't understand. They're like, what are you talking about? He's catatonic. And he's like this catatonic thing. It's all a hoax. He's going to get you. Huh. I've never seen that. One of the dudes in a lab coat says we're going to move him to this facility. It's not as intense security wise. He clearly doesn't need it. Then when he turns 21, we'll try him as an adult. I'm sorry. What? So he's just been in a mental institution this whole time or in a prison this whole time and he hasn't been tried yet. That doesn't seem to make any sense to me. He hasn't spoken a word in 15 years. So, it, it, oh, because he was, he is 21. That's why. This is in between. This is when he's maybe 15. He looked not, maybe not so even wait, that is old. Is this a flashback or do they start this off like it's the beginning? I just looked it up. So okay. I did not see it in. I've never seen that. I actually. don't know where it fits. And so then he goes into the room where Michael is sitting in this. I think it's a psychiatric hospital. That's what I'm assuming. He's just sitting there in a chair, staring at the window, looking normal. Well, normal enough. And then the other scene is after school, Lori's at home. She just got out of the shower, hair up in a towel, bathrobe, and Linda, not PJ, because I can't stop calling her by her actual name. Mm -hmm. She comes over and she's like, let me borrow this shirt. And they're just having like some girl talk. And then the other girl calls, well, wait, I want to borrow this blouse. Probably. Annie. Yeah. I want to call them all by their real names. Yeah. I keep thinking Jamie Lee and (laughs) stuff. So I'm like, uh, I have PJ souls. PJ souls. So great. Love her. 
love her in Carrie. She's in the movie Stripes. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. And she was married to Dennis Quaid for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because in this one, she was, they were like living they were together, together at the time. But yeah, they had to add those little scenes. They didn't really add much, I don't think. But it was easy to have those scenes because it's not like it was really on set anywhere. You know what I mean? It's no, not I get like, it. yeah. And it's not like they had adult Michael. So I don't know who the kid was. I don't think it was the same kid from the beginning. Yeah, they only had him for one day. And I don't think he mm-hmm. uh, did acting or he, he acted for a little bit when he was younger, but it wasn't his intent. And he's not yeah. acting. He had no intent to continue to do it. It's crazy that this is Jamie Lee Curtis's first film. And originally John Carpenter, uh, it wasn't his first choice. Annie Lockhart turned it down. And then, yeah, Deborah Hill wanted her because she was fresh. She only had only done a TV show, but she was the product of a Hollywood marriage. Mm-hmm. So there was this whole sort of legacy. Janet Lee was in Psycho. So she had that, you know, being her daughter, the behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis mentioned that it sure didn't hurt. Probably she was aware, but yeah, (laughs) she said, good thing that this happened or else I would not have made it. And I would have given up on this whole thing in general. Yeah. It's so funny to hear her, like her little quips during the commentary because she so clearly was not like Lori. She said she didn't yeah. expect to be that one, that character either. She wasn't yeah. feeling it. She thought that she sucked. She thought that she had failed. And when John called her, she was like, this is it. He's firing me. And he actually just commended her. But she had told uh, PJ that she was jealous of her because she got to do all the fun scenes. She got to do the, the nice makeout sesh. What do you think of the original movie title? The Babysitter Massacre, Babysitter Killings. The Something's... Babysitter Murders. Murder. I was close. <laughs> okay. And I, either way, I was like synonyms off. I mean, how do I feel about it? Bland. Boring. I mean, Halloween's we're much killing better. babysitters. Cool. Okay, I know what we're getting in for. I think though it's one of those things to where like we we weren't there when these movies came out. <laughs> Fair. So it may have been a different reaction to now when we hear Halloween, we're just like, oh, it's a household name. Like we know what it is. It it is the name. You know, you can't really separate the two. And with the original, uh, I know when before it was titled Halloween. It was going to take place over several days rather than just Halloween night. Um, and it wasn't obviously tied to Halloween. So the babysitter murders, I think it was because they were going to be getting picked off mm-hmm. one by one. And oh no, but all that changed. You know, one thing that really bugs me consistency wise with time, why do they wait till Halloween night to carve a jack-o'-lantern? Because plot. No, because it just, yeah, you know, that's, that's a very fair point. Yeah. We always cover as right like days before. And did Tommy ever get to go trick or treating? Obviously not. He ran away from Michael Myers. Yeah, that's right. She lied to him. Did she promise him that she'd she take him? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that like toward the opening? I don't know. It's just one of those little things that I'm like, why are we wasting time? It's like, I remember seeing plays 
where it's Christmas Eve and we're going to decorate the tree. Why are we doing this now? You should, I mean, yes, it is August and I have started to decorate for Halloween because I'm going to get the most bang for my buck on my (laughs) decorations. So I'm, I know I'm in the minority, but to wait till it, well, how long are you going to keep it? Perhaps the parents didn't want to um, carve pumpkins and they said, Hey, we're going to party on Halloween. We're going to have the babysitter watching the kids while we go get drunk and stuff. So why don't we just have them carve it and keep them occupied? I like that. We don't see any of the parents really. Well, we see her one dad who's like kind of a her father a has cop. one scene. Oh, yeah. We oh, see Lori Strode's father Lori's at the beginning. Dad in the beginning. And for about five seconds. And I think we might see the parents leave the Wallace house. They might, I think we see them leave when Annie gets there. She might talk to them briefly, mm-hmm. uh, but not a lot. But I like that, like these teens are like isolated you know they're really on their own especially back then like it it might just like text your parents oh yeah i think that's part of the the intent i mean they had structure or they had certain limitations on what they could do Mm -hmm. and probably it made sense and i think they did want it to be though about that isolation so having Mm -hmm. kind of the parent all the adults gone it's just them and talking on the phone and stuff. That's very isolating. I think that was mm-hmm. a, a theme that they were trying to roll with. Kind of jumping around a lot, but I really like the opening, how it's through air quote Michael's eyes. Mm-hmm. In the commentary, Deborah said like, I don't know why we looked at the hand with the knife, but like it worked, I guess. Even though it is considered like, well, I don't even know if it's considered a slasher, but they, as you mentioned yeah. earlier, they didn't use a lot of blood. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, there's very little blood in this movie, and they did that on purpose. Um, they were trying to do it without making it gory. The sequels had more gore in them. Oh, uh, yeah. And blood, it gets up in the ante. Um, but that was not their intent. Like, Deborah Hill and John Carpenter were very adamant, I believe, about that. Right. So, as I said, they, they wanted to kind of keep it tasteful, even though it was that sort of movie. So, that's why when she's getting stabbed, like... They're not just going to show, you know, the injuries. They they pan up away to show the mm. knife coming up and down. And as you said, she said it didn't really make sense why Michael would be looking up, but it worked for the shot. So they <laughs> did it. Uh, but it, it did work. I think it's realizing what he's doing or like owning what he's doing, even though he's like wearing the mask. I think there's something with like layers happening there of like disguising himself. I don't know if that was intended, at least with that scene, but I think it is intended later with the mask. Michael has a relationship Mm -hmm. with the mask. Well, that comes forward not only in the 2018 sequel, where it definitely seems like the mask and him have a relationship, but even Mm -hmm. in this one, well, the way Michael or uh, John Carpenter tends to refer to him like as the shape or they say the shape is when he's got the mask on and he's faceless mm-hmm. and Michael's when the mask is off. And it, they have some sort of, he puts that mask on to become the, the shape. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it, I think it's really creepy, but I like it as oh, well. Yeah. I mean, it's just William Shatner. So should we really be that afraid? Yes. <laughs> just stretched out and painted white it's emotionless and that's what's really killer about it yeah i'll never forget seeing like that mask in public for the first time oh gosh that that gets you 
doesn't matter how like rational you are, especially like as a kid, you're not supposed to see that in real life. <laughs> oh yeah, it was scary. Like I knew it was someone dressed up, but it would make me pause and just mm-hmm. think because it doesn't take a lot to be the Michael Myers. I mean, he's just standing there in the jumpsuit, not moving, staring at you. And that was creepy. Or he just slowly walks at you. That's that's his style in the movie. He's. I think it proves that he's just dramatic. He's like, we're working on my own time here. I'll get to you when I get to you. And it's going to be menacing along the way. And okay. I think he's a little bit of a showman, you know? I don't know. I always thought that it was <laughs> just he knew, like, I'm going to get you. And it doesn't matter. He's sure of himself. There's a confidence there. But I I don't know if it's even confident. I don't know if he has to feel confidence. I think he's Mm. just like, I'm, well, as Loomis would say, he's pure evil. And it's like, I'm going to get you. Seeing Michael run, I think, would break it. To do a full uh, round on my point, (laughs) I'm going to jump ahead. And the way that he uh, positions the bodies, the way he stole the headstone and positions it on the bet, like, that's dramatic. Okay, like yes. The, he set a scene for us. He has them timed on how they're going to plop down and everything. It's like a goddamn dark ride. Okay, you have a point. I'll give you that. I forgot he did, you know, yank up his <laughs> sister's headstone, put the body there. Then, yeah, he ties that guy up in the closet so that when the door opens, yep. the guy will swing Swings down. Swings down like a pendulum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I always want to say PJ Linda uh, is just like crumpled up in a little cupboard, mm-hmm. like a little peekaboo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he he is a showman, but he he admires his work too. Um, as yeah. you know, my favorite kill. I think a lot of people's favorite kill, and we need to talk about the kills at some point. It's pretty important. Yeah, I think. Uh, but it is. Um, Bob gets it with a butcher knife, uh, and he nails the him. best, and then. It was the head tilt, just Michael standing there staring at him, tilt to the right, mm-hmm. tilt to the left, like, oh, wow, look what I did. Nice. Before we go back to that, last thing about the opening, Jamie Lee responding to it and saying, what a pig. That's the fastest sex I've ever seen in the history of the movies. They, that, that happens <laughs> twice in this, in the very beginning, in the oh yeah, POV series, and then out, technically, uh, Bob and linda yeah very um, quick and she's like that was fantastic she was putting it on thick i was just like e- really was it you really? guys were there for like 30 seconds okay cool the all the moaning and whatnot i don't think it could have been that great but totally. who am i to judge <laughs> she says that 11 times did you movie. count no it the <laughs> that was one of the fast facts. If oh you my turn God. Those, that feature on, it'll That's tell amazing. you. She did say totally like four or five times in one of the earlier conversations. But I never thought about it much. I didn't catch it, I think, until subsequent rewatch uh rewatches. When watching this, even when you were younger watching it, did you ever think about like that wouldn't have got me? Like in the beginning, getting stabbed, those like weak stabs by her brother. I would have kicked him. I would have done something. I know that's not the point. I know I shouldn't think about it. Oh, no. I, but it's a little now embarrassing a grown up. that she got yes. taken down by her little brother. I've thought about that in other movies where someone like you know, gets a hit. <laughs> try not. Do you ever think about those? And you're just like. I try to not watch. This. I've watched most of them, I believe. It's just. 
Uh, Ooh, so- wait, you're next. Did you ever see that? Yes. When Love she's your like, next. all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to get the thing. I'm going to run. And then she runs. And then it's like piano wire decapitates yep. her. It doesn't decapitate. Oh, oh yeah. It just, but yeah, she's bleeding. Every- oh, yeah. that's so. I haven't seen that movie in like 10 years. But well, it doesn't yeah. take her head off completely. Uh, but it she gets, it gets in her there good. She's oh, yeah. She's going to bleed out. That movie's great, though. I never thought about it much as a kid as much as i do now just as a grown-up if i see it watch a horror movie and someone gets taken out by something small it's like why, why didn't you just do that but i think for halloween that was an exception just because i saw it when i was small it kind of just stuck that way because i had that fear because michael myers scared me I, and i had nightmares many nightmares of him just chasing me and i think the only weapon i had to fight it back was a box of jelly donuts so i threw them at him uh, it didn't work. <laughs> uh, and he was chasing me in school. There's all sorts of things. But yeah, it frightened me. So I think I never really saw the shape as having weakness. I thought it was inevitable. He was going to get me. <laughs> Some of the, the later movies, not so much. But yeah, this one, I never thought about that. She gets take, taken out by like a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it's interesting too, the way it's so slow, the way it happens. Mm. That kind of... AIDS and the eh. unsettling. Eh. She slowly dies. It made me feel like, especially because we're like in his POV, mm-hmm. it made me feel like when I die in Resident Evil, just like the zombies coming for me, but I can't, I can't get them off, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do. It just feels like that. What do you think of the taking of the tombstone and how the cop was just like, ah, eh, you know, kids and the pranks. Well, that, well, one, I would be like, man, that's one hell of a prank considering <laughs> I'm pretty sure that tombstone headstone had to weigh. Right? I don't even know, but, and that that's a testament to Michael's strength. Because it's not like he dug it out, really. It just he looks did. like it was lifted gently out of the ground Mm -hmm. well michael does have some fantastic workouts yeah i think um (laughs) because as as we know well in this one first of all he uses the knife so hard that he impales that guy into like a cupboard he lifted him up with one hand short knife yes so he had to do it with some force he lifts up the guy with one hand uh if we want to take some of the sequels into account there's at least two Movies where Michael slowly lowers himself down from a, a beam with one mm-hmm. arm, just slowly. Like, yeah, I was I hang up this way all the time. Uh, so he is ungodly strong. It's a bit silly that they just say, oh, it was just some prank, because clearly that requires a lot of work. Um, and and mm-hmm. since it, it was Judith Myers and Michael Myers just escaped, you think they might take it more seriously. But I believe part of the intent here was just because Halloween is supposed to be the holiday of pranks. It's when you mm-hmm. kind of mess around, joke around. Uh, it's the thing that like this way, when things do start happening weird, no one's going to believe it. And that like the whole time Lori's thinking she sees someone kind of stalking her. They almost think like, oh, it's a, it could be someone just messing with you. Ooh. Why don't you just ask him on a date? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so no one's taking it seriously. And that I think was part of the point of that. But yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think I would have bought that that's just a prank. The alarms going off at the hardware store. Must have been kids. Oh, you always think it's kids. It, it wasn't just an alarm. He stole. Well, he broke in. He, well, and Rope, stole knife. A knife. 
and, and a mask. Halloween mask. Yep. Like, you know, like you always do. Not creepy at all. Rope, knife, no. and a mask. Uh, and they're not a little mad about the stealing. They're like, ah, kids. Yeah, when it happens. Always got to blame kids. So cynical. And they didn't smell. They were just smoking a joint in that car. A whole lot of reefer going on. They had the windows up. So they're hot box in this car. And then they roll up to the sheriff. And you <laughs> roll down the window. And he didn't smell. I don't know. I call shenanigans. That's just me. Well, it's her I, daddy. He's not yeah. going to say anything. I have a question. About how mm-hmm. do you feel? A couple of the kills were not our, our regular old people's. Apparently, Michael's got a thing for doggies. I mean, he had to shut him up. He kills two dogs in this movie. First is they don't. It's off screen. They go into the Myers house and they're like, oh, God, what could have did this? Dr. Loomis says he got hungry. So, yeah, he says <laughs> he got hungry, which implies that Michael ate raw dog. Oh, that sounds nasty. Is that it? Or was he just hungry for murder? I don't know, man. I don't want to think about anybody eating a dog. You know, I'm pretty sure in someone later that he ate some stuff. I don't think I don't know. I took that as as Michael needed a snack. <laughs> Um, and then the other dog, Lester, which was at the house, one of the babysitter's house, he strangles the dog. Annie. Yep. And she was like on the phone. Mm-hmm. It was the house she was at. The Wallace dog, though, because that was mm-hmm. their family dog. I don't know. I was like, this makes you feel sad. I mean, if they'll kill a dog, they'll kill anybody. Exactly. There are no boundaries. And then they'll kill, they'll kill chillins. That's, it. I think, another reason I was always scared as younger. Just even though he's going after Lori in the final sequence mm-hmm. the kids are in the house and like running it just made me think like oh man michael will get anyone mm-hmm. he'll get me man and your little dog too i think it's interesting how much we kind of focus on little dude in the beginning tommy mm-hmm. um because it very much could have been a movie around like the two little kids he gets bullied at school he falls yeah. on the, uh, the jack-o'-lantern or the pumpkin and it's and then, not even like that's her little brother. Like no yeah. one's re- in this movie. No one's related. So, uh, yeah, Michael hasn't become her, her brother yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> I think it's interesting too in the beginning how she has to drop the keys off and clearly he's behind the door. Yeah. Do you think if someone else would have dropped off the keys, he would have gone after them instead of her? I think you know, I, I'm not sure, but I, I think almost yes. Yeah. I, I took a lot of weight words to get to that point. But yes, <laughs> and that, that actually brings me to this idea. I don't know if you kind of got this vibe, but this vibe of fate um, mm-hmm. in class right after she because that is the first time that he sees Lori and he starts stalking her immediately after. Mm-hmm. But when the next time. Uh, she sees him actually he's watching her when she's in school and the, when they're talking in class the discussion is about fate and its destination and that fate can be unescapable which i thought was interesting because i think that's also tying into like the 2018 sequel seemed mm-hmm. Lori seems to have believed that they are like connected they've there's some sort of i don't know how you what you want to call it but something Balance. between them sides of two sides of the same coin some yeah. not that but that you know i forget the other or like a foil even if we're gonna mm-hmm. talk literary yeah while i was listening to the commentary john carpenter just says something about fate he said fate 
or if one of the things he was thinking about as you know they were writing and stuff is that he wanted mm-hmm. it to be uh, it was fate and fate is like a natural element as is evil and it's undeniable and it will not die so i don't know i thought that was just really interesting so i i think it was always just meant to be lori but if it yeah. hadn't been if it had been someone it's interesting to think if that person would have been his new fixation to go along those like typical final girl thing well the virgin can't die right and this is a thing that they kind of got blowback for is that so you made the other girls like this so they could die like what are you trying to say about them if you have sex you die yeah I've seen Mean Girls. I've seen Scream. It's one of the rules. (laughs) Don't have sex because you'll get chlamydia and you'll (laughs) die. They they said that that was never the point. That was never the goal. It wasn't that she was sexless. It was that she was naive. And I love the way she dressed. You know, she went to JCPenney for all of her fucking costumes. Her uh, wardrobe didn't hit over $100. Yep. It was only supposed to be one day. So it really shouldn't have any way. And everyone else Who's, wore their clothing, judge? their own clothing for the roles, yeah. all the other teens in quotes. But that uh, makes just, sense because mm-hmm. she was playing someone that wasn't really her vibe. On that topic. The rules of the final girl. I guess, how do you feel about that sort of being taken away as a part of, not its legacy, because it definitely, as you said, John Carpenter, Deborah Hill were very adamant that that wasn't the idea. Mm-hmm. It was literally just that the other girls were distracted uh, because they, you know, they had sex lives and stuff, so they didn't see the the serial killer on the loose, and that was why mm. they they got it. And it was just that Lori, because she was naive, but she also like was was watchful, resourceful, and yeah. smart. Major props to Lori Strode for going to check on her friend, even though she first she thought it was a prank when Linda gets strangled. Mm-hmm. After she doesn't get an answer back, she goes and checks. Would those girls have done the same for her? I don't think so. No, they probably would have just said, I oh, you know, she'll call back. Yeah. Yeah. But and so it wasn't. But I guess, how do you feel about that sort of legacy? Because it's sort of as like in Scream, Randy's rule, mm-hmm. you know, sex equals death. And, you know, you can't mm-hmm. have sex. Sin factor. How do you feel that that is something that has kind of become a trope? And it's somewhat and maybe it was unintentional, but it originated kind of here a little bit. Makes sense in this era, I believe, more than it would make sense currently you know because i feel like we're not as a uh, we're a little bit more sex positive nowadays so i don't think those kinds of things that trope would really hold weight mm-hmm. now and i think if it were to be used it would be like how scream kind of points it out as like a criticism of the Fair word enough. not like this is the way that it is or like turn a blind eye to it. I'm trying to think though of any modern stuff that still uses that sort of. I guess that's a really good point though. I, a lot of the ones I think of are like 80s, 90s slashers. Mm-hmm. Like that was definitely, there's probably some B movies that still use that sort of stuff. Definitely. But I definitely think it's something that should be of the past. I think that Lori's character, I, I agree with what they set out. Like, I don't think that she was some virgin. She was clearly a little boy crazy oh that was the thing in the deleted scene too is that she's talking about the 
this boy that she liked um, a little bit more. The guy that Laurie Strode likes? Yeah. He gets killed in the sequel. Oh, rest in peace. You probably don't know how he... Have you seen Halloween 2? Yeah, but not for a long time. Okay, no, but do you remember how uh, they're looking for Michael on the street and a cop thinks yeah. he sees it and it's a guy in a this very similar mask. So the cop rams mm-hmm. the guy and the ambulance explodes and stuff. The guy in <laughs> yeah. the mask, that is, oh. he was the guy, he was trick out trick-or-treating. That's the guy Laurie Strode likes. Uh, and he gets up. rammed by the cop and then burns and stuff. Yep, so Laurie had some real shit luck. Yeah, I, it's such a common trope in old movies. Like, I remember watching Friday the 13th for the first time, and I'm like, okay, let's get through the banging and get to the killing, you know? So I, I started, because we were talking about the death by sex i, I looked uh-huh. it up uh so friday the 13th obviously has that the 2009 reboot does that everyone that mm-hmm. pretty much has sex or makes jokes about sex I gets, think I watched gets murdered that. it's not bad but looking back i'm like hmm uh they talk about scream gets averted halloween in the the reboot in the remake yeah apparently everyone that has sex dies horribly so the <laughs> remake that was like the rob zombie 2007 Oh, yeah, version yep. and that one is I haven't guilt. watched. I didn't either. I'm not um, surprised though, and I'm not surprised that there would be like a lot of sex in a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, kind of hand in hand there. So this this one sequel is guilty. I don't know. I'm looking more. There's not a whole lot more recently. So it's actually been a lot more subverted as of late. Yeah, which is which, good, and I yeah. I think that's a good way to play it and a good way to kind of critique the past. It follows technically if you think about it if you it's literally an std Um, that uh, that gets you killed well it's a supernatural stalker but you get it when you have sex with someone they pass it on idle hands that'll get you i know that was a movie but oh really yeah really i know i've seen that movie no i mean i know it was a movie i just mean i was gonna say i thought you were trying to reference it no i know no no, i really do mean my i mean idle hands when the hand sharpens the nails and then is getting freaky with the girl. And she's like, oh, yeah, extra I remember hand. he doesn't realize. Yeah. And I remember he kills <laughs> his best friend. Zombie. Yeah, no, that's a great movie. <laughs> oh, Steve Todd was the guy that she was into. Lori, stop worrying. It was Steve Todd. It, in fact, was not Steve Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. I think it's cool that this film got the respect that it deserves. Because in 2006, it was selected for preservation. Yo. And it's in the Library of Congress, as it should be. While watching this movie, I couldn't help but to think of The Haunting of Hill House. Well, which version of it? The show, the show. Okay. (laughs) So I say this lovingly. Uh, The way that it's shot very like wide and how Michael, the shape is in the periphery. It kind of made me think about how like the little ghosties and like the bent neck lady and whatnot will be like on the outskirts of the screen. And you might not notice it at first or your eyes don't want to immediately go to that spot on the screen. They don't draw attention to it. No, he's there. And then he's gone. Probably talked about that earlier. It's just, it makes me, that's what makes Michael so scary for me or the shape because it's just watching, not doing much. And I I played a game, uh, Dead by Daylight, which has the shape as in one of the killers. It's a 
one v four games. So there's a killers and four survivors, and you're trying to get generators and escape. And one of the ways in that, if you're the shape to get like more powerful, you have to watch some of the players without and just like watch them from a distance. And like mm-hmm. it slowly builds up this bar that makes him like walk faster. And it's kind of, it's really scary because I, I would be doing something and I turn and Mike, I see Michael just next to a tree watching me. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so that's always. That'll get uh, you. It is. I think that's what makes me so creepy. But do you think that there are maybe one too many stalking scenes? In this movie? Yeah. Let's see. I actually did uh, write down the shape stalk on Lori. So mm-hmm. first- Spots through the through the window at his house. She drops off the keys like, oh, hey, how's it going, Lori? Boom. That was a great first start. Yeah. Then uh, she's at school. That's the whole fake combo. She looks. Mm-hmm. He's outside the window standing next to the car watching her. I like that one, but I will say that one feels the most unrealistic. Yeah, he also knew what class she was in. Um, and then when she turns, answers the question, looks like he got in the car, started up the engine, <laughs> put it in gear and rolled. All right. The next time uh, he goes to the kid, Tommy, first, but then later, Lori, uh, she's with her friends. They're walking home from school. That's when he slowly drives by mm-hmm. and the nanny's like, speed kills. And then he's brakes and then guns it and drives away. Mm-hmm. Then four, which is honestly, I think the one that always got me is the behind the bush creeper hour when they're mm-hmm. walking down the sidewalk and then he's there and then he's not there. And Annie runs up to go find him or confront him mm-hmm. and he's gone. And that shit scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, mainly because it, made, it meant that he could like teleport or something. Like it, it's, it's not supernatural because he walks so slow, but like it's not like he just ran away. He just like, <laughs> but can you imagine that though? As soon as he's out of sight line, Mike's like, oh shit, just running, sprinting, dives behind <laughs> a bush. The next one, he stands in the neighbor's yard watching Lori through her bedroom window. And then while she's still looking at is him, he disappears. That, that is the sheets. And then after that uh, is another time when they're Lori and Annie are in the car. He's in the, he's in his car following them throughout most of those scenes. Just like right behind him. Took all the ones stalking before they got to the babysitting gigs. Yeah. So you're talking about like all the other shots where he's just like watching them through the windows and stuff. Watching and she's talking and he's there. And then when she comes back, then he's gone. I think that that's that I think one is the best one. Oh, I was going to say, I think those work for me. And it's again that in a lot of horror movies, it would just be, oh, he's there. And then they get killed. Uh But here you're like. He's there and then he's not there. Like he's watching and waiting. Like for what? I think maybe my issue is the ones in the beginning when she's reacting to them. I think maybe it would be better if only we noticed them. Like as an audience, Mm -hmm. we saw them, not her. What was that? Four times in like the first half hour. When mm, I'm not hating on it too much. Oh no, I, I think I, that it's just something to wonder. Fair enough. Maybe it was excessive for me. It was just keeps saying creepy, but that's what scared me. He's not gonna just pop, once he doesn't see you. He's not gonna reveal himself. He's gonna take his time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how long? How long were you there? I don't know. He was just standing in your closet for like half a day waiting for you because he's that patient. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. It's like that's weird. It's unhuman. That's all what he's there for. Yep. It's the game. And if he gets hungry, he'll eat your dog. What was your favorite 
kill? I think I liked, mm, for me, it's really a tie. I got a tie as well. So I'm curious to see which. Between the girls, it's between Linda and Annie. See, for me, it's between Annie and Bob. I knew you were going to say that. Well, Bob, but... obviously, but Annie. So we both at least had Annie on our list. Yeah. Well, hers is great because yeah. she gets into the car. It's fogged up. Yes. Which is that's like... so that's one. Of, and she realizes it and then she moves she, her finger yeah. and smears it. And it's like that moment is so creepy because then you realize, wait a second. Uh-huh. And another reason is uh, for me, Annie. I guess we we already kind of talked about Mm -hmm. Bob. And that's why that's just a cool kill is that's the reason why Bob is tied. But Annie is probably the kill that scared me, I think, the most in this one, Uh, because it's also extended. She goes to the garage and realizes Mm -hmm. she doesn't have the keys. The car is locked. She walks into the house. We're following her. She goes to the living room, gets the keys. She walks past the mirror, checks up her appearance like she does some stuff, goes back to Mm -hmm. the garage opens the car door without using the keys. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh no. And they make sure to like, they show her opening the car door. And it's like, oh bad, that's such a, and she doesn't realize it. And then when she sits down, she sees that all the windows are fogged and smears it. And that's the second realization. Like the door was open when it had just been unlocked. And now all the windows are fogged. Like, oh, and then he pops up and it's like, Ding! That one always got me just because there's so much setup where it's the dread. I know it's coming. And it's it's one of those moments where you're like, no, don't do it. Yep. And I and I love those moments. I hate it, but I love it. You know, you also had Linda. I want to hear. Let's hear it. I just love her as a character. <laughs> I think that she was so fun. And I like the the amount of showmanship that went into her kill because you got to think he didn't have to put the sheet on. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's very like invisible man esque and he's wearing the glasses over the mask. How can he see anything? And then the way that she's trying to be playful and silly and it's like, oh, honey, no, you're you're about to die. And we know that Bob just got impaled. Yeah, we cabinet. know that already. <laughs> she doesn't. That she does not. And so we there we already have that dread. We know she's not going to make it out. There's no way she will. I just think it's so funny to get choked by the spiral cord phone, you know. Yeah, the phone cord. Who remembers those phones? I know I do. I do. I do. Um it's been so long to think not even a landline in my house, but one that had yeah. like a cord that's so long ago. I think it's that's just in my memory from as a kid. I'll never forget yeah. those. That's all. Twirling all, it, playing uh, yeah. with your, yep. playing with it, and then it gets all coiled the wrong way and cut. And uh-huh. you're like, ah, oh, let me uncoil it. Yeah, and being able to like pace a little bit with it, and that like little behind the scenes documentary, she kind of judged up those lines to like kind of egg him on when he comes in mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was so good it was so like spot on with her character with what we've seen so far her like choke moaning uh i'm surprised that Lori didn't say anything dirty because it sounds more sexual at the beginning and i think she almost <laughs> i think it was implied that she almost thought yeah. like all right is that what you're doing now like uh-huh. you're gonna let me listen then were the kids up at that time yeah, I don't think she put him to bed yet, right? So maybe she just didn't want to say. I don't think so. Oh, yeah, true. And she's watching both of them at that point, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, once they yeah, all start definitely. dying. Yeah, they all start dying. Because she's the third one to die, right? Linda? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, she's the last to die because it goes uh, Annie, Bob, then Linda. So, yeah, she was the last one. Do you have anything to add to why your boy and why his was so good? Bob? Yeah. I mean, thinking about he lifts that guy up off his feet like it's nothing. And then the nicer, like when you think about it logistically, it doesn't really make sense. But just I remember that that image of him letting go and his feet are still dangling above the freaking floor uh, and he's dead. And then Michael's just watching him. That just seems so disconnected. At that point, his head could have done a 360 and it would have been like the same effect almost Mm -hmm. because it's just so unsettling either way. That's what unsettling. I think that's really the word. Yeah, it just seems like that whoa weird you know it's funny though the girl that played annie was 28 at the time oh shocker right couldn't couldn't believe that she was nearly 30 (laughs) one of those great times where someone definitely did not look like she was in high school oh yeah even um jamie lee was 19 i think Mm. at the time yeah they said it was 19. I don't know what it is about older movies. Like, yeah, everyone usually always is older than the role that they're playing. But I think it's just like the way that they dress too. Just like looks a little older. Yeah, but it was the times. I won't. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the yeah. aesthetic back then. Like Lori's get up. It was very much like school teacher, but that was her vibe. So it makes sense. I think John Carpenter referred to her just like the watcher. And he said that's mm-hmm. what kind of made her very similar to the shape because they both just watched because Lori wasn't really a doer. She wanted mm-hmm. to like, no, 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 don't don't tell him that I like him. They'll take it back. <laughs> Is there any particular part of Halloween that scared you uh, or what scared you the most? Uh, not Maybe not even necessarily now. Maybe it was like when you first saw it. Definitely the scene where she's hiding in the closet because you're so trapped. And as a kid, it's where do you hide? Do you hide under the bed or in the closet? Like mm-hmm. that's what you think of. And you think no one's going to find me here. Like, it'll be fine. No, that is not the case. You know, she gets so lucky when she is quick to grab that wire hanger. Yep. Luckily this isn't a mommy dearest situation. Yeah. I was going to say, have was, wire was, her, was her, was Janet Lee in that? Or was someone No, else? that's Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. Right. And the other Crawford based God. on, Right? Isn't that like- I, I took your word for it, oh me. <laughs> I'm like yeah, no wire sure. hangers. Got that movie. Remember watching that as a kid. No more wire hangers. And she like beats the kid. Yeah. And then she makes her clean it with clean out the whole bathroom with comet. And she's like sprinkling that heavy cleaning stuff all over the floor. And then she cuts her daughter's hair. Oh, yeah, based on Joan. Crawford, but played by Faye Dunaway. <laughs> that movie killed me. Freaked me out as a kid. Anyway, yeah, when she's trapped in there and he's just breaking, like that closet door looks like my closet door, you know, <laughs> just, he just breaks through it. But the way that she's able to like get him in what the eye what luck because he has that thick mask on shane for the only part that was open but it's so small like she did it and that was amazing i love that part but it definitely got me and she, i mean she already stabbed him with the freaking sewing needle yeah uh, dude's not going down did she get him with a knife at that point already or no hanger 
Oh, wait, no, she gets him with, in the closet. Okay. As she gets him, she stabs him with the hanger. He drops the knife. She grabs the knife. She stabs she him with it. it. But then she throws it. Wait, she had the, no, she had the knife then with the sewing needle too. When she gets him with the sewing needle, she ends up with the knife. She sits down and then drops it. But she, she stabs him. twice. She has yes. a knife twice. First time she's in the house, sewing needle. She's like, oh, he's dead. She has a knife. She drops it. Then she goes upstairs. Oh, I killed the boogeyman. No, you didn't. Ah! And then, <laughs> then it's the closet, the hanger. She stabs him with his own knife. And then she's like, oh, okay, the kids are running away. And she's leaning up against the door. And that's when he does this super ab crunch where the motherfucker just like does a sit up oh, with no. Terrifying. Terrifying. Exactly. And then but, like, that's so weird. Because like straight up. sits up. Like, and it's like, turn. I was like, dude, if I did that, I'd be like, oh, stretching like my legs lifting up. <laughs> He just like maybe uh, check your eye if it's bleeding. Yeah, first it go he sits upright and then his head just 90 like degrees. pivots and he looks at her. He just like Jesus Christ. I remember watching this in my cynical freshman uh, year, like mind with one of my cousins, and we were watching this part, and it's like, well, Jesus, will he just stop coming back up? Yeah, maybe once you get him down, maybe go for another one. Like, you know, yelling or commentary mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. at the characters that can't hear us. I mean, I don't know what I would do in those situations. I'd probably be dead, but I'd like to think that. Well, they triple tap him and he doesn't go down. It was sewing needle hanger, his own knife. Then Loomis shoots him, falls off a balcony. And he still survives. He still just disappears. Disappears. But I mean, my thing is she gets him with the hanger. That's not a kill shot. No, that's at all. Like you go, you go and hit him again. Maybe in the other eye. Maybe you blind him. Well, she got him with the hanger and he drops the knife again and she grabs the knife and stabs him. And then he falls to the floor and then she gets out of the the room and leans up against it and that's when he does this thing so she stabs him with yeah. his knife after that it's just not enough we no it's more. not well that's why later on she ch- well in one timeline yeah. well she thought she took his head off the retcon mm-hmm. of that made me so apparently it was intended which is very sad to know oh, that makes it, worse, it was always meant to be that way but i was like oh i liked that ending <laughs> <laughs> it was good it felt satisfying but anyway that's a different movie entirely like 10 movies on or eight movies on in the series <laughs> did you listen to the commentary through to the credits yes when he said <laughs> well now there's like six of these and yeah. that's just sad because i think it <laughs> it was recorded because i think it was like the 20th anniversary yeah, yeah that so they did that it really quite... got me yeah that was very funny when he was discussing that and even for the sequel he talked about he didn't want to do the sequel, but they no. didn't get paid much for this one. And he's like, well, like if we really want to get paid, we'll do the sequel and then we'll yeah. get paid what we should have got. And he was all like, I didn't know what to do. He's like, I, I thought I already finished the story. There, there was yeah. no more story. <laughs> well, now I have to write a sequel. But I mean, he very much leaves us on, oh, on yeah. a ledge. Yeah. But I think it's funny, too. I don't know if it was one of the articles I read, like interviews with him. And he's like, oh, I guess if you want to talk my, about my movies, we can. <laughs> but he said that it didn't really matter what was going on because I still get paid for all of them. You know what? Fuck it, dude. Make your money. He needs to support his gaming habit now. He's out there playing uh assassin's creed in his retirement age oh my god is he that's great 
Yeah, he loves uh, he loves video games now. Nice. He's like what 75. That's awesome. And yeah, I think I I may have taken a screenshot of him, but he was like, oh, maybe I still have it open on Twitter. He was like at Assassin's Creed, <laughs> like Mahala <laughs> is great. Oh right? man, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, he's like open world, love it so much. He's so funny. So I was trying to like read some articles about Halloween and like its reception mm-hmm. and it's cool. Like the internet's a cool place because we can <laughs> see articles from 1978 on there from like uh, the New York times and Washington post. And I found like the really old, Oh wait, no, that's about, that's a article about why you should chill your cookies before you bake them. Yeah. Not that's Halloween. a very different thing. Not, not <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Were the original Roger Ebert review? Because I, I, if I recall, he he liked it. He, he yeah, as I, I didn't think he yeah. Uh, yeah. He gave it four stars. Okay, so yeah, this is on Halloween, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, gave it four stars, and he talks pretty well of it, which is interesting. Since he normally hated slashers, at least later, and no. a lot of the other outlets at the time were talking smack. And saying it was terrible. And didn't this trigger a wave of like not rewrites, but other critics like re reviewing more? It? Like, I think it was fans that were more like, you're mm. not understanding this. Essentially, what it was like, they realized they were watching it wrong. <laughs> and it became one of the most popular indie movies. Yeah. Until recently, I'm pretty sure. He talked about how. Like it's easy to create violence on the screen, but it's hard to do it well, like saying really nice things about the film. The other thing is like, so I really wanted to read more articles from the New York Times, but Uh I did not want to pay for a subscription because it would be (laughs) one of those things that I never remembered that I either had or was paying for. So Mm. I would never utilize it. This one, the original, this was from, this was an, more recent review like looking back on the original movie in mm-hmm. 2018 when the sequel New se- yeah I, I know <laughs> was released they even mentioned like when halloween was released in october of 1978 the new york times didn't review it but it wasn't out of snobbery now they're like we need to rectify a 40-year oversight and they're very nice about it the washington post i think was a little bit more rude and i quote he begins stalking potential victims derived from De Palma's carry high school girls played by Jamie Lee Curtis, PJ Souls, and Nancy Loomis, and affecting a mock asthmatic wheeze borrowed from the maniac played by Ross Martin and Blake in Blake Edwards' experiment in terror. Since there is precious little character or plot development to pass the time between stalking sequences, one tends to wish the killer would get on with it. Presumably, Carpenter imagines he's building up a spine-tingling anticipation, but his techniques are so transparent and laborious that the result is attenuation? 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 A-T-T-E-M-U-A-T-I-O-N. Attenuation. It looks like it might do that. It says, are you sure you're not looking for attenuation? Is what it just... Define Google. Oh, it looks like Washington... Attenuation. Washington Post is trying to be a dick, but they can't even spell things right. Apparently, yeah, I don't... It's probably an issue when they transferred it over. 
Mm. Um, The result is attenuation rather than tension. Carpenter lacks the stylistic flair and psychological penetration that have allowed De Palma and George Romero to contribute new classics to horror in recent years. I wonder if this... It's funny that didn't age well. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder how Gary Arnold feels. It's not going to be a classic or anything. (laughs) The title is Halloween, A Trickle of Treats. So you would think that this would be a little bit more... Or maybe they just mean that the treats are only trickled because there's not a lot. Fair, fair. And then he talks smack on the ending, which I thought is honestly beautiful in a way. It's terrifying. I think it's done so well. Oh, yeah. I like the ending. Which part about the ending? The fact that Michael gets up or just the montage of... The montage. Oh, I like the montage. Wonderful. What's wrong with the because montage? he's everywhere and he's yeah. nowhere. Exactly. My thing, it was just like it was showing you places we'd been. And it's like he's he could have been there. He could be there. You just might not see him. And it's like, yeah, where is he? It fits with the whole rest of the movie and the music's playing. Mm-hmm. And that's just killer. Fucking bow on top of the present. Like, it's perfect. Not like everything's tied up neatly with a bow. It's that it's delivered in such a good way that it's mm-hmm. perfect for an ending but this arnold uh dude over here the movie ends with the sound of heavy breathing still haunting pleasant tree-lined streets of haddonfield a horror melodrama that resorts to an and i quote irony like that obviously wants to be congratulated for digging its own grave congratulations man this guy needs a hug well it was not his cup of tea clearly dessert maybe a cookie perhaps to cheer him up it sounds like he missed nap time yeah it seemed like he thought that the filmmakers thought they were making the next like the fucking citizen cane of horror when at least (laughs) from the behind the scenes they're like we had no idea. We're having we were, a blast. So like we were trying to, and like it was rough, but we're doing it. And we had carte blanche. So sure, we're, we're making the movie that we think we can make and hoping, you know. Yeah. Oh, can you do this? Yeah. For how much? All right. You can do whatever the fuck you mm-hmm. want because the budget was so small. And how long does it normally take to shoot a movie? Probably way longer than this is. Like 20 days. Like, I feel like that's insane and amazing. And I think that this movie is great. I wonder what a kid would think. And I kid could be roughly my age mm-hmm. your age whatever if they had never seen this movie and they watch it now i wonder what they would think that's interesting to think about that because i i my view is obviously tainted by uh many we saw it young rewatches yes so it was and very it influential us in a me. way i'm asking my boyfriend when did you see halloween for the first <laughs> time because i wonder if it was with me because he hadn't seen a lot of horror movies yeah and i know when our first halloween together i bought it on dvd so i wonder i wonder if he saw it with me so you watched a little bit of that documentary and you listened to the commentary yes what do you think about because you know you can look on it look on this movie with your 2021 uh political correctness lenses Uh uh-huh uh, non-ableist lenses. Did you pick up on the part? Because I don't think he really explains it in the commentary. Did you see the part or hear whatever when Carpenter says that in one of his classes in college, he went to some sort of mental institution? Yes. And the kid. That's, yeah. That felt a little weird to me. I don't know. I mean, is this one of those things that a writer says that's like totally bullshit? 
where it's like, yeah, I saw this kid who had evil in his eyes. I mean, and it's definitely what... an exaggeration. I mean, yeah, like I, I, it's possible that he believed that when like looking back on that, it was like, man, that kid that that looked like pure evil, whether or not it was uh, yeah. highly subjective. But that's not to say that he didn't think it or maybe where, who's to say what state of mind he was in then. Or maybe the kid just had a lifeless sort of stare that yeah. to him was like, hey, that's really creepy. And mm-hmm. I mean, because as I said, a lot of the the Michael, the shape stuff that scared me is just how unhuman and lifeless he seems to be until he's killing you it's just so blank expressionless there's nothing there so i i I don't know that's an interesting idea when he said that i did feel a little icky and i understand that it could have been exaggeration especially because you know he's creating this character but it yeah just left me feeling a little a little gross looking back at it now it's also a different time because i think in that commentary was probably like two decades ago oh definitely and then when that happened when he made this movie he was like 30 yeah so about there maybe a little younger but yeah so that was probably 10 or so years prior was that experience so even like the the cloudiness of his memory and like Mm -hmm. the way looking back on the story or on that memory probably intensified it a little bit adding a little bit of flavor to the story to make it more interesting even to himself what do you think of laurie strode as like the final girl or in that I guess because I mean, even Jamie Lee uh, was, just, I guess, like happy because it, even though, yes, she was like the, as some people say, like the virgin, like that wasn't supposed to be mm-hmm. her defining trait. There were yeah. so many other things about Laurie uh, that make her a great character. I'm surprised that this is the one that stuck as like the final girl mold because one of the ones that came before this was the texas chainsaw massacre (laughs) and i feel like that movie i know it's not the same it doesn't have as much weight as halloween honestly not as good branding too long of a name you know it's not gonna it's not, i think it's, i was kidding. about to be like hey I, i've heard of this <laughs> no no, yeah, I, just no I, got, I got you branding wise i know the holiday short and simple yeah. <laughs> but no i just feel like that movie is one of still the most popular it's been remade it has plenty of sequels there's gonna be a house for that in hollywood at halloween horror nights at the other universal the one that i'm not going to Matthew <laughs> mcconaughey was in one of the sequels all right all right all right i like forget how old and not old these movies are at the same time this one uh, halloween is 78 texas chainsaw master yeah, 74 oh 74 yeah 74. that sounds right not too much space in between them okay so hold on my boyfriend just texted me back i asked when did you see halloween for the first time he said it wasn't until after i met you mm. so 2018 that october nice i'm gonna ask how would you rate it for a horror movie let's get a let's get a gen z response right now oh my god so gross so weird to think i'm just your millennial perspective i mean same yeah but i said it first he's not even like a cusp i know he's so gen z i'm aware little baby don't Mm -hmm. hate me dude i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) uh he's like based on what though like was it scary I don't remember his reaction. I think it's interesting how this really set the bar for final girls to go back to that conversation yeah. while I 
wait for him to be done typing. The one that I always go to is I always think of Sid from Scream. Scream. <laughs> and I do Sydney. Yeah. I think that she holds a lot of those same kind of characteristics. Yeah. As Lori. I guess I never stopped to really think and compare them. But I mean, as I said, like because Lori, I mean, I thought she's smart. She's resourceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a mm-hmm. good friend too. She goes to check up on them when they could be pranking her. Like she's just common sense for the most part. There's a couple of parts where I was like, no, <laughs> mainly when she like she kills him. She's like, leave kids. And then she stays there. I'm like, man, I'd be getting the fuck out of that house right there. <laughs> like I'm out. But, <clears throat> but they still have a little bit of a downfall with having having the hots for the boys. Like they chalk up. Oh, well, could have been the guy that I like around the corner watching us still doesn't make it okay. And then she really it was also the said, 70s. So they could yeah. get away with a lot more. I There's think. a lot. Uh, well, I'm just saying you showed your affection in a very different way. Oh, okay. So he gave it seven pumpkins out of 10. Yeah, that's still pretty good considering we we're heavily biased and this was a fresh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a not fully developed frontal lobe adult, but an adult <laughs> seeing it for the first time. Um, but I wonder, because like he didn't see many horror movies in general. So maybe uh, I don't know what he's what is his so, idea of a good horror movie? Yeah, let me let me ask that too. Guess what I rate it. I don't even know how to rate it. Well, that's when you asked him to rate it. And he's like, well, I, I just it. wanted to know how scary he thought it I was. Get it. I get it. Like, I think this movie is great. And I think it's a classic. But so what do you think about the whole final girl? Uh, I never consciously thought about it, I think, until I mean, the more I got no horror, the more the concept I, I learned the concept of the final girl, not really knowing, mm-hmm. you know, Laurie Strode was one of the uh, one of the OGs, not maybe the original, but she's she ranks up there. It's something and maybe it's because I also grew up with other horror, like Scream being one of my favorite franchises. Um, and I grew Definitely. uh I saw that on like high school. So like that sort of humor also influenced me. I like that it undermined uh, or subverted a lot of tropes or pointed them out. I, I don't know. I just think it's good because then they're not to say they're necessarily role models, but they're like, all right, she's she's a badass. She can take, you know, in this bad situation, she can still do some stuff. So I'm, I'm down with that. That's just me. So I'm looking at a list of final girls from <laughs> denofgeek.com. And so the first two are from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas. So the two that came before. Mm. And guess who the third one is? Laurie. Jamie Lloyd, Daniel Harris, Halloween 4 and 5. The little girl. Yeah. Okay. So that's weird that she got on there. Before Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. And then well, I guess Kirstie Cotton from Hellraiser, Hellraiser okay. 2, and Hellraiser Hellseeker. I need to watch those movies. I just never did. And then Dana Polk from Cabin in the Woods, Sarah Carter from The Descent, Aaron Harson from You're Next. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, she kicked a lot of ass. Gail Weathers. She's not even screen. the final girl. I mean, that's, she- that's still insulting. I don't like that. Sydney was the final. I mean, yes, she lives, but she's, I mean, she's not the final girl. Yeah. 
Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, Sydney Prescott, then Lori Strode, and then we get Ellen Ripley from Alien. Hell yeah. I like that she gets put on there. That's well deserved. It is sci-fi horror. And she uh, she kicks a lot of ass too. See, I, the Aliens was one of my favorite movies as oh, well. So yeah. you know, nah. <laughs> Jonah's follow up was that his favorite movie is like horror movie is Psycho, and I was like, that makes sense. Okay. And that was one that he had seen before we had met, but that really does line up with how this movie kind of feels with the way that it's scary. Is the kind of just like unsettling. Someone's watching you. Similar vibes. So the next thing that we're going to cover will be rebooted sequel, legit sequel. The current, the current timeline, the one is now currently canon Halloween 20 and versus Halloween 2018. Uh, So is how I kind of call it because this is John 1978 John Carpenter. So we're going with the sequel in the current timeline because, you know, we are also excited that very soon uh, Halloween kills will be coming out, which is the, the movies are back. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And this will be the third in the news or in this current timeline. This will be the third one. So that's also why we kind of wanted to start with Halloween and and ease into that. Uh, mm-hmm. But before that comes up, what is the order for us, Jacqueline? So next is, is Halloween 2018. Yes. And then we will be doing Halloween 2021. Right. Halloween kills. Right. And then what's What's the one that's coming out next year? What's that one? Oh, is it? Oh. Dead at last. Like, it's, it's something. Did they of... announce the title for them? I want to say they did. Halloween ends. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then spoilers that Laurie Strode probably makes it to the next movie. Maybe. Halloween um, Kills is this one. Yeah. That's coming out. And ends is next yeah. but will it yeah it's supposed to be next year but who knows yeah. you know never can tell anything anymore but that's why we started with that because we're getting excited for halloween so we're gonna do we did this one so we did it you'll hear it you're hearing it <laughs> and then we're doing halloween 2018 and then we will be dropping the halloween kills episode when that comes out and then we're gonna Cover some young adult novels. <laughs> Halloween, the YA series. You hadn't heard of it? Uh, well, we Neither hadn't really either. We. <laughs> but we know <laughs> it exists now. And I'm so excited. Yeah, we were doing some digging around like other Halloween stuff. And that's what we found. Uh, yeah, there's comics. Yeah, there's novelizations of the movies that we've all seen. But these are new stories that were written in like 97, I want to say. Impossible to find anywhere. They are a pretty penny online going for like $200 upwards of that. But there's a nice man on the internet that read them on YouTube. So we're going to listen to him read them and tell you all about it. <laughs> And the covers. Fantastic. My God. I would wear that on a t-shirt. I would hang it on my wall. It looks like your Goosebumps 90s paperback, but yes. with Michael Myers chasing teens. It's exactly amazing. what we all need. I It's what I didn't know I needed in my life. And now... Yeah, I'm so ready <clears throat> for that. And it looks like they are uh, by Kelly O'Rourke is the author, yes. at least. It's Halloween, the Scream Factory, Halloween, the Old Myers Place, and Halloween, the Madhouse. 
the all new bone chilling novels based on the terrifying films. Oh man. I don't know how to end it. We've never, we haven't ended it yet. You're right. We haven't ended it yet. Hmm. But thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. But no, this is exciting. I'm excited. It's finally feeling like spooky time, despite it being literally 98 degrees. I am dying right now in my tiny apartment. I turned off my air conditioning to do this. It is so hot. <laughs> you you could probably try like your AC. Do you, are you for sure? Does it like mess with I your sound? I oh. tested. I tested beforehand and it sounded rough. Okay. So I, I struggle. I struggle for the pod. I did this for you. Hopefully it's worth it. Any words of wisdom? Don't th- take things too personally. Be excellent to each other. You said words of wisdom, so I'm giving little words of wisdom, baby. We have to think of an ending. Until then, that was a great fortune cookie. Okay, bye.